When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest and to send out laborers into his harvest. Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 36 through 38. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. One of my favorite recurring themes in scripture is the depiction of God as the shepherd of Israel. It speaks volumes about the care that God has for his people as well as our own character before God. So much of how we are to understand even things that seem perplexing about God come into clearer focus when viewed through the lens of the Lord being our shepherd. Our gospel lesson for this week includes an almost offhand reference to the shepherdhood of Jesus before moving on to what seems to be the main idea, the sending out of the twelve. However, as I have considered this passage this week, I have come to believe that everything in it depends wholly on what verse 36 states. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The reading starts by continuing to follow Jesus as he goes to all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and affliction. It is during this time, going from cities, towns, and villages, that Jesus encounters these crowds that stir up compassion for the scattered sheep of Israel. We hear that the crowds are harassed and helpless, like one would expect of a flock of sheep, who are on their own without anyone to tend them. Upon this observation, Jesus makes his statement that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few and enjoins his disciples and us to pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, for laborers to work the harvest. Right on the heels of this command, Jesus calls together the twelve, ordains them as apostles, and grants them authority over unclean spirits and the ability to heal disease and affliction, giving them instructions about how to accomplish the work he is giving them, he sends them out to the lost sheep of Israel. To me, this lesson is almost laying the groundwork for St. John's account of the Good Shepherd teaching in the 10th chapter of St. John's Gospel. St. John doesn't recount the sending out of the Twelve. Instead, it seems to me that John chapter 10 serves the same purpose as Matthew chapter 10 verses 1 through 4. Therefore, let us consider the sending out of the Apostles in light of Jesus being the Good Shepherd. It is the lack of faithful shepherds and harvest workers that prompts Jesus to commission the twelve and send them out to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. From St. John's Gospel, we know that the Pharisees, the scribes, and the teachers of the law, and pretty much everyone who had held authority over Israel since the time of King Solomon and the undivided kingdom of Israel, are described as hired hands at best when they aren't said to be thieves and robbers. These same hirelings, false shepherds, and criminal interlopers couldn't be trusted to gather in those among their brothers and sisters in Israel who had strayed. When we hear about wandering sheep in a church setting, we tend to think of people who are embroiled in sinful patterns of life. The confession from the daily offices says that we have erred and strayed from God's ways like lost sheep. 
What I want to point out is that this is not the image that we should get in thinking about the crowd as being a sheep without a shepherd, or thinking about the apostles gathering in the lost sheep of Israel. While it is true that the crowds, full of frail human beings, certainly contained people in moral failure, the picture we should get from the comparison of the crowd to scattered and lost sheep is of sheep fleeing before a predator. We should see them like a flock in the wilderness, ready for someone to come and lead them to safety, but also primed to run from the first sign of possible danger. So why does Jesus switch metaphors in midstream and start talking about the harvest? As we know, the harvest is a common image that Jesus uses to depict the gathering of the people of God to his kingdom. In the context of Matthew chapter 9, verse 38, Jesus is talking immediately of the people of Israel who are ready for someone to show them the glory of God. So the harvest being plentiful refers to the many in Israel who are looking expectantly for the Messiah and to be brought into the kingdom of God. A scattered herd of sheep will not come to the pen without guidance from a shepherd who will lead them back. A great harvest stuck on the vine and uncollected will rot and come to nothing. In both cases, the great value of livestock and crop is spoiled and lost. God does not desire that any sheep should stray so far as to become permanently lost, or that a single good fruit rot on the vine through inattention. Therefore, he came to us in the flesh as Jesus Christ, and because of his love for the people of Israel, he sent the twelve out to do the work of faithful shepherds. Since the apostles are sent out under the authority of the good shepherd, performing the work as under-shepherds and not hired hands, Jesus expects that those lost sheep will follow the apostles back to the good shepherd, exemplified in their showing hospitality and listening to their message. Therefore, those who reject those coming in the Good Shepherd's name reject the Shepherd himself, his leadership, and his mercy. Even though we are accounted as sheep that are watched over by the Good Shepherd, in some way we are also counted as shepherds with the Apostles, receiving authority to participate in the work of bringing the lost and wandering sheep around to Jesus. The Christian faith is an active faith. Every time Jesus tells his disciples to pray for a result or to have faith in the provision of God, it is coupled with some action on the part of the disciples. The clear example from our lesson today is the exhortation to pray for laborers of the harvest and Jesus sending the apostles out into the harvest to gather in the lost sheep of Israel. This gospel reading shows us a pattern for acting in a way according to the Spirit of God. You may have already picked up on that pattern, but indulge me as I lay it out explicitly. The pattern we learn from this episode is this. First, we are stirred to have compassion for those in need of the help of Jesus. This itself is a work of grace from the Holy Spirit. This compassion is a mark of a lively faith that knows that the way of the world around us is not according to the desire of God. Notice that all of this gospel lesson depends on Jesus having compassion on the crowds, seeing them harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Following from compassion comes the movement to pray. For the disciples, it was literally the voice of the living God-man, Jesus Christ, telling them to pray for laborers for the harvest. For us, it is the soft, gentle voice of the Spirit which turns compassion into a plea to God Almighty. 
This time of prayer may last for a set time, or it may be a prayer concern that follows you all your life. If the compassion stirred up in you takes you to a vocation, this lifelong call to pray will almost certainly be the case. In our reading today, the response to the disciples' prayer is Jesus himself giving them authority to heal, relieve, and build up the people of Israel who have been oppressed by sickness, demons, and harsh rulers. So in our prayers, we ought to look for the same thing. If the Spirit moves us to have compassion for someone, we ought not be surprised if God equips us to participate in his work to heal, relieve, and build up the people he stirs our compassion for. Finally, after being equipped by the Lord to fulfill the mission he sets for them, the disciples go out into the house of Israel, following the set commands of Jesus for how to minister to the people. When we receive gifting, training, and commissioning from God and his church, it is time to act. This is not open-ended, anything-goes action in furtherance of mission. The ends, in fact, do not justify the means. The way to accomplish what God has called us to do is given to us as another part of our being equipped. Over the coming weeks and months, I encourage each of you to listen to how your compassion is stirred up to help bring the healing, relieving, encouraging love of Jesus to the world around us. Some of these things we may take on together as a parish. In other cases, Father Ben and I may work with you to discern and equip you for you to grow your own effective ministry in such areas. Just as it was when Jesus saw the harassed crowds, there are many around us who would flock quickly to the shepherd if they only knew him. Now, just as then, the harvest is plentiful and faithful workers are few. May we be a people who always participate in the work of the Good Shepherd. Amen.